Hey, boys, mm. um, I thought of something the other day. Do you remember when, or when you say, um, I can do that off by heart? Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, that is a stupid thing when you think about it. Why off by heart? I, I know that. I know that song. I know it off by heart. Off by heart. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't be off. Off. Off by off, brain. Off my. Off, off by, by memory. Off by. How would you say I that? That makes any sense. Off I, know, by I, heart? I know that by heart. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we know someone that knows. Throw to it. <laughs> podcast. 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 Are we doing a podcast? Where's Sushi Mango? When I was your age, I was a Maya. Who are you, bastard? Ah, you like my salami, huh? The Sushi Mango Saucy Meatballs Podcast. A podcast not about meatballs. Why do we call it that? I hate it. It's just stupid. Or a red start. Don't be shit. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. A podcast. Yellow. Ah. Up there, Kazali. <laughs> All right. We got someone here in the studio. No fucking around. Hit the button. Today in the studio, we have one of Australia's biggest names ever. A true juggernaut of Australian media with a list of job titles so long, we had to call the ATO to make sure he wasn't doing anything dodgy. Journalist, millionaire hot sea host, former Channel 9 CEO, one of the longest serving presidents of the Collingwood Football Club, the first host of the footy show, football commentator, morning radio host, and a host of 757,000 other TV shows. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, brought his own, Eddie Maguire. Yes! <laughs> Hello, guys. Great to be with you. Yes. I've learnt that intro off by heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Now, look, now, you got, now you've got... Sushi Mango Saucy Meatballs podcast add to the list. Yeah, oh, that's right. To the top of the list. To the top of the list. To the top of the list. As uh, they'd say in the castle, to the pool room with this guy. Yeah, that's it, mate. Thank you very much. Do you know the off by heart where yeah, it came from? Well, I'm having a guess at it. it it's actually yeah, the opposite of what you were saying. In promulgating that it was from the mind, it meant that you had to think about it. Off by heart means it comes from the heart, and therefore you actually know it, and it's not an affectation. It's actually from the heart. Off by heart, so therefore you know it. How the fuck do you know that, Eddie? You know <laughs> everything. It could ask you anything. You, you're a wealth of knowledge, mate. That's unbelievable. Simple as this. Off and wrong, never in doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I just made it up. <laughs> um, welcome. I've got to say, the first time we met you, we we were just amazed by you. <laughs> yeah. When we came to your office, yeah. the first time we came into your office, and we've been talking about you flat stick. You remember, we, t- we tell everyone. Yeah, you're my favourite guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, boys. And uh, we try to recite that Theodore Re- Roosevelt um, yeah, man in the arena. Man in the arena. Yeah. We stuff it up every time. Yeah, we get we get the title right, and then that's that's, that's as far as as far as we get with it. You know? <laughs> but seriously, thanks for coming. Good on you, guys. And, Great to um, be here. What a pleasure. I remember yeah. the first hey, time. By we the way, congratulations. I, uh, can I give you, you a little bit of uh, wind up the proverbial in, in that uh, your show was fantastic. Thank you. Intro was the highlight, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but seriously, it was it was great. And uh, I love the fact that you guys have been able to actually uh, pick up the zeitgeist of what's going on and people love it and they want to have a laugh and, yeah. you know, in this miserable world that we live in sometimes, it's yeah. just great to have a bit of fun. And you thank guys you, are mate. absolutely leading the charge. So congratulations. Thank you, mate. Thank, thank you. you so yeah, much. thank you so much. And also the people that are playing at home, on our last show, Eddie was away and shot a message for us that uh, was played at the end of the show while you were away. So thank you so much for that, man. It was yeah. very touching. Yeah, actually. it was. We, we we didn't know we didn't know it was happening. We were walking off stage, and then they said, "No, stop, stop, go back on stage." And we we're like, "Fuck another, we're done now." And then they presented us with these 
uh, what was it? Picture a frames, plaque, a yeah, plaque, a and, plaque. Then, and then all of a sudden, Eddie came on the big screen. I was like, "Well done, guys!" And da 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 da. And if you, you got a, you got a couple of laughs. Yeah, you got a couple of laughs. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you yeah. get a couple of laughs. <laughs> Sorry, mate. We did a show called the Footy Show. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast radio. Oh, that's right. You've done this. You've yeah, done this before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but as uh, as Groucho Marx once said, once you can fake sincerity, you've got it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was bumping you guys up, don't worry, it was all happening. Groucho so, Marx. He's, yeah, the three Marx brothers are yeah. huge inspiration to us. Yeah, and um, didn't like Zeppo. Well, Zeppo, well, Zeppo, Zeppo he was the fourth. He was exactly. like, he, he, he's kind of left. He was like a fourth member of it's Sushi like, Mango. Yeah, he yeah, took off. He was there for a bit and he left. Like the, four, the fourth stew. <laughs> the fourth I, didn't like, I didn't like Champ either. I liked Curly. Yeah. I wasn't big on. Shampoo. I was. I was a big Harpo fan. Yeah, I loved Harpo with the uh, uh, you yeah, know yeah, doing yeah, all the he silly never stuff spoke. and the harp. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. He, he was. That's how he got his name. <laughs> Apparently, he spoke really funny too. But he, how's that? He was one of the funniest characters in that trio, and didn't say a fucking word. Yeah, never yeah. once. And I see I he's know. a good actor, but I tell you, but what? A, but Groucho was unbelievable. Yeah, he was. But unbelievable. you look at his career and his talk shows mm-hmm. and all the things he was doing. He's so far ahead of his time. Absolutely, and uh, no doubt was uh, just unbelievable. Of course, his wife Barbara mm-hmm. ended up marrying Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Mm. So now you've got you just you've got trivia just oozing out of your <laughs> your like he, he, trivia. Well, I went to the University of Trivia. I didn't go to university. Yeah. <laughs> so I read everything as a kid. I'd, seriously, I'd read the, the back of the sauce bottle and uh, know the ingredients and things yeah. like that, just uh, following the sport. And, yeah, just and plus, you went, you went to the Christian Brothers College, I've got written down. Yeah, yeah, right? He's, in, he's, in he's the notes guy here, yeah, know, by the way. St Kilda, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He used to catch the train out from Broadie every day right. at, the, at the Windsor Station and walk down Dandenong Road. It was fantastic. You get on the stage, you get on the, yeah, the train in Broadie, you get on with all the working class people and uh, you'd be going off to work with them. And then about Essendon, you start getting a few, you know, uh, lawyers and accountants and clerks and public servants and people. And then you get to the city again, you get on the next train to go out to, to Windsor and you go past the Rosella factory. So on the way up to Broadie, walking up, I'd smell what was going on in the Nabisco factory. Mm. And then you'd smell what was going on in the Rosella factory if they were making tomato soup or whatever that day. But what you realised was you saw the different people and the, the quality of people going to work. And for somebody like myself who who's, you know, pretty egalitarian, I'd like to think so, it's certainly in my thinking. It was just great to see people, because my dad was a, a working guy, mm. you know, came out of the mines in Glasgow, etc. And uh, so you never lose, you know, sight of that. That uh, You know, uh, some, I, I joked to someone the other day that uh, they go, oh, but you, you know, you've, you've been successful, you've made money. I said, yeah, but I identify as being poor. That's a thing these days, by the way. <laughs> I know, I can identify as anything these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually do, and yeah. And you look at that, but what I loved about it was to see working class people getting up every day, going to work. Then on the train home, you'd see them, and you know they'd be, dirt, you know, have dirt on their face from from working, and but really proud that they went off to work every day and mm. made the money for their family. And then you know, in those days, the community went up to church on a Sunday. You'd see these people who were running things, and they'd be the president of the local footy club or soccer team or tennis club and all that sort of thing. And you realise that the communities are made up of great people, and mm. uh, doesn't matter you know how big the house is, it's, well, did, it's the people who's living in it. Did your dad? Did he sort of get take you get you into the sport? Yeah, well, world? well, out in Broadie in those days, if you didn't play sport, you were probably heading off to Coburg College, mm. Pentridge. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> right. And, and that was the community. So, And that was all they had out there. In fact, you know, out in Broadie, we used to have to get changed in the car to go out and play at Seabrook Reserve. 
next to the old swimming pool. Then they open up the swimming pool toilets to let us get changed yeah, there, right. etc. And uh, you know, now it's just been turned into largely driven by my brother, who finished up as a as a local member there recently. Um, um, it's now the headquarters for. Uh, rugby league it's oh, going right. to be one of the biggest things because the Samoan and the Islanders out there have got now this centre to come to mm-hmm. so you build these things and people will come so mm-hmm. for us yeah sport was everything um, my dad was a mad soccer fan he a mad Glasgow Celtic man and uh, yeah and, and for us as well as kids it was a way of actually forming your identity you know reasonably good at sport mm. so it gave you a chance to win things and be good at it test yourself and you know we took it really seriously you know mm. the under 11s was I tell you what going, watching Collingwood going to a grand final was no different to yeah. the mindset <laughs> of going and, and, uh, and the parents took it seriously as well yeah, right. they'd be jumping the fences and punching on yeah, and, yeah. You know, and it You'll was a different experience from going to CBC no. when, <laughs> first time I played at CBC I thought it was a non-contact sport yeah, oh my God. <laughs> and then and the good thing was we didn't have to tow the uh, car that was on fire off the ground to start the game. So it was fantastic. <laughs> and you were good? Uh, you were good? You were a good player? I, I, was, I was a good player, yeah. yeah. Was, uh, but I loved it. That was what it was. It was all Half time at Brawley, they used to put a lot of car up on fire. <laughs> that's, that's how you knew it was time to come back out. <laughs> that, that was the Broadmeadow Flares, you know? Yeah. Well, that was, our, that was our equivalent of lighting the Olympic torch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the start things was fantastic. So was it predominantly footy or was it, did you play cricket? Did you play soccer? Did you yeah. play tennis? All else? that, yeah, tennis. All, all, all the uh, uh, we didn't play soccer. Was, soccer wasn't big out there in those days. Uh, my dad, as I said, we had soccer bloke, but we played footy because that was it. He yep. came out to Australia to, uh, to for a new world rather than cling on to the old world. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, yeah, we oh, played everything. Uh, athletics, uh, you know, yes, tennis. They put a tennis court out in Broadway. They had a squash court out there. Now, they built a squash court out in Broadmeadows, and within two years, the entire Victorian team was from Broadie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Just, they were great, all the young, you know, young blokes and girls coming through at that stage. But, yeah, everything's – that's what we did. We played sport. And you went home and ate and played more sports. Yeah, sport. And, uh, you know, in our place, uh, you know, study was uh, was emphasised as well because my parents didn't get the chance. So sure. they said, right, and okay, into the books you go. So what is it that young Eddie wanted to become? I mean, obviously well, you found your career, well, but what is it that you well, inspired I wanted to become? Well, I was pretty lucky. I mean, I wanted to, be, I wanted to play sport. You know, I aspired to be the captain of Collingwood, not the president. <laughs> but uh, early on, I got into journalism. I started writing for the paper when I was 14. Yep. And uh, from there, I just realised, wow, this is a whole new different thing. I remember the first time I was down at Carlton at Princess Park and uh, Carlton had won, it would have been 1978, and Jezza had just become the captain coach of Carlton and met Alex Jezzelenko in the Carltonians room next to the boardroom at Carlton. My brother was with me. He was reporting. I was his statistician. And I met Jez, and it was the first and it was the, it was the most overawed I've ever been meeting somebody. Because in the schoolyard, we we're all trying to take Jezzers. Jezza And I'm standing there shaking hands with Jezza. Wow. And he just had a win, and Carlton were in turmoil, and he'd had a couple of wins on a trot, and he looked like, you know, the Messiah had come to Carlton, you know, as much as I was a Collingwood man. And Jezza was just unbelievable, you know. And uh, so they were, they were great experiences. So then what happened to me? It opened up. I, I started working at Channel 10 as a 17 year old while I'm at school. So I'm living in a commission house in Broadie with the family, which was great for us. We did, it's the fact that it was a commission house neither here nor there. Yep. It was a great house for us in a wonderful community. But at the same time, I'm driving out to Nunawani and getting in uh, Rupert Murdoch's chopper and flying around during the daytime. Far so away, away. I go, hang on, this is a bit different. This yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of this. So it was. Uh, you know, the great thing about journalism, it gives you a ringside seat to world history and to people. So you go and interview people and you realise... That person's been pumped up. I, I reckon they're a dud. Uh, that person's getting their head kicked in. Actually, they're not too bad. These people. And you start to realise that, yeah, yeah, actually have to form your own opinion. And you get to see them and, and you know, see them in action. It was yeah, great. It was unbelievable uh, for a yeah. you know, kid. 
Yeah, well, so that and then so that that led you to continuing down that path. Yeah, right? the, the yeah. Well, once I got in, that was uh, I was away. Yeah, and then uh, you know a few things. Lots of great people, mentoring, helping, you know, people like uh, a bloke called Tony Banks, Clem Dimsey, the race call, then Bruce McAvaney came across, and then Quarters, Steve Quartermain and I were, were mates and we were into it, and, you know, it was the fun of the fair every yeah, night, right. trying to break stories, you know. So how would you go from Channel 10 to 9? Well, have I jumped Have I jumped no, too no, far? No, 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 well, it was at Channel 10 for 12 years, yeah. and then uh, uh, Channel 9 uh, came across to me, and I'd pitched this idea to 10 about doing what became the footy show. And Ian Johnson at Channel 9 had a similar idea. It was a funny story because we met up in a, a restaurant in uh, <laughs> in Turak Road and uh, I, I lent a mate's car, sports car. Oh. So that, <laughs> I, I drove around for about 10 minutes until the you know the, the car park opened up out the front and then was leaning on the horn as I was parking so I could look up. And, and he said, oh, they look after me at Channel 10. <laughs> but hurry up, it's got to be back. That, that, broad, that broady hustler came oh, out of yeah. And the good thing was he knew I was bullshitting and I knew yeah. I was bullshitting and I knew that he knew that I was bullshitting and we're able to get on with it. But we actually signed me up on a coaster because he said in those days they couldn't hire people from the other channels. They had an agreement. Oh, right. A cartel yeah. between all the TV yeah, stations, right. basically. <laughs> Keep off the grass agreement was uh, what it was called. And uh, he said, mate, I want you to resign and I'll come and find you on the beach in January. I said, I'm not resigning from Channel 10. Uh, anyway, he wrote on the coaster, you're in, and threw it at me, signed it, Ian Johnson. I've still got it in my office today. Oh, no shit. My first ever contract And was that, was that because of the footy show, right? Uh, to get over to – they wanted me to uh, – I've been doing pretty well on the news. I'm breaking a lot of stories and winning all sort of AFL awards and things. And, yep. And at that stage, it was interesting because I was really loyal to 10. They'd given me a few chances, but they started to really centralise into Sydney and they started Sports Tonight and Tim Webster got the hosting gig out of Sydney, whereas the idea had come from a show called Sports Night on a Sunday night that Quarters and I used to do together. Mm -hmm. So we got paid like a grand to do it and we'd write the whole thing, edit it, stay there and, and it went to end. It started to take off and that's where Jono started to think that there might have been something more to us and also to get me across to Channel 9's news. At that right. stage, so there's a few things going, and so I got over there. Leave? Did you have to so leave? So I had ten, ten before. But, but ten, it was interesting because the managing director, who had always you know helped keep me there, and the news director, grabbed me one day and said, uh, "We're just about broke." Opened up a, a desk with all these checks. He said, "I can't present these at the moment. Mm. We're in liquidation." He said, "The next time nine or, or seven come for you, if it's the right one, take oh, it, take, take it. it." Right. And he was just so he looked after me. So That's I was good. about twenty seven, I think, or twenty eight right, at that stage. Right, and right, right. So there was, so it was goodwill everywhere. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go because I was loyal to them. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a look, I hang around when I get into something. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <years. laughs> Collingwood for twenty three, and, uh, and so twelve years there, and went across to, to nine. I thought the deal was done, and then I found out when I got there that they weren't sold on this idea of a footy show. And in fact, oh. the word came back: if you don't rate an eighteen in the old uh, ratings. Uh, within the first six weeks, we're dragging it off air. So suddenly I've gone, geez, I have left Channel 10 where I had things going. Well, anyway, we rated a 20 the first night and yeah, that was the lowest go. rating they ever had. So yeah. we, we killed them and the world opened up and Channel 9 was big time TV. Yeah. Kerry Packer, And Channel 10 is still going broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they bounce around a bit. They had a, they had a good uh, Melbourne Cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, forgot that part. Yeah, but, and that's because obviously someone was involved that we know. There that's was a, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's something that's changed, hasn't it? You mentioned about the walls back in the day. Like back in the day, if you were with nine or 
yeah. Fox, Foxtel or whatever, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Well, I probably uh, led a bit of that by being on Nine and Foxtel, but it's like anything in, in the world. Your enemy's enemy is your friend, isn't it? Yeah, so right. Nine didn't care so much that I was doing football on Foxtel because it might have affected Seven. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. They're after. So, <laughs> you know, you can position yourself. And, and these days, you know, uh, you know, it's a bit tighter in commercial television, so no one wants to pay the big money. Yeah. So, you know, the, it's the old saying, I don't mind uh, that you don't want to pay, but you can't tell me what I'm going to earn. Yeah, so if I'm prepared to yeah, go work, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, give me a bit of a chance. So you do those things and it works. But generally people are still, you know, at one one particular Absolutely. station. But I think less so now. So, so you went so you went to Channel Nine? Yeah. And you became the CEO of Channel Nine. Eventually, yeah. yeah. How long did that transition take? Well, that's incredible. Uh, that's just absolutely incredible. Just that's about thirteen years, fourteen years, I think. Yeah, so we did the I did the footy show for third, I think it was twelve or thirteen years and then uh stopped doing the footy show and, and who wants to be a millionaire to go up to Sydney and be the CEO. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Which is an interesting time because we went up, we were going to build, you know, broadcast and uh, particularly uh, getting into drama and things. We, you know, did Underbelly um, and we got the Olympic Games, so whatever we were doing. And then um, James Packer received the deal of all deals that actually made Kerry Packer's deal with uh, Alan Bond look like sideshow time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he did the deal and, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a stroke of genius on his behalf. Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's 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 just crazy. I mean, I don't have to tell you. I mean, I've, I've preached it many times and told you as well and told Sam too when he was sitting here as well. I used to love – I loved the footage. I miss it so much. Yeah. Just that Thursday night. Oh, mate. Yeah. Just it's, the antics that, that went on the, and the, well, I think people the for, fun. People forget what it was like for, you know, a long, long time, 20-odd years. At, mm. at the end, you know, yeah, things okay. have changed and, you know, uh, the, the Sydney got involved in it and, you know, you can't do this and Sam felt hemmed in. But yeah. in the early days, oh. you know, we would sit next to each other and I'd give him the tap on the leg to say, right, I think we've gone about as far as we want to go on yeah. this. <laughs> Which was signal to him that if he had something left in him, you know, go for it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then ultimately if I sort of if I said no, or, or sort of gave him the tap, all right, let's move on. The second or third time, he knew that that was, <laughs> yeah. that was we're on the edge of the cliff and we're going to come back. <laughs> and we fell over a few times, of course. Nothing malicious, though. That's always the thing about Sam. Sam, there was no malice in anything he mm. did. Um, as we said, the social mores have changed, you know, maybe for the good, maybe for not. Maybe there's a accommodation. I think it's probably mm. the latter. Uh, but uh, gee, he was he was as good a performer as anyone who's ever been on TV. Oh, he was fantastic. Original, yeah. And uh, the other thing about Sam was he was so so giving. He was the most generous person he ever worked with. He'd mm. do anything, and probably to his own detriment in the end, he'd throw himself on any grenade to try and get the laugh to keep the show going. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. And that was it. Well, that's yeah. a good performer, though. You that's, know, that's a great do, performer. Do anything for a laugh. I mean, yeah. and I, I never thought anything was done with malice or anything like that. No. It was just a... I mean, retrospectively, you look back on things and go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I mean, look, he did a few things. He walked out, you know, with the Nicky Winmar thing in Blackface. Yeah, right. And you can see me. I didn't know what happened. He'd, he'd left. And we'd been taking the mick out of uh, Nicky because he didn't turn up. He was a friend of ours. He, yeah, t- yeah. he came on the show two weeks later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, at that stage, Sam didn't realise and he thought he was, you know, sending this up yeah, even yeah. further. And he, when he walked out, I looked over my shoulder and then we were already into 2-1 in the countdown, so I couldn't say, go and get it off. Yeah, yeah, right. Had he walked out 15 seconds earlier, yeah. Yeah. it would have been a different world yeah, we were living yeah. in. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so that's what happened. And then the poor, the poor M&M, mate, that's the, the M&M, M&M thing. The M&M still I can't let that go. It's one of the oh, funniest things ever. You've got to say. Do you know the story? Do you know what happened, though? They had a guy sent out. So 
I, I sort of did the deal on this. Uh, remember Carlton wore the the, yes. the pale blue, right? Yeah. So we broke that story, and then we broke the story about Whiskers. You know, Gary Hocking changed his name to Whiskers. The whiskers, yeah. So I had these guys. I knew what was going on. We were sort of half involved in setting it all up. Anyway, so Carlton, are the, so M and M's are then going into this next thing where one of the colour M and M's was said to be an aphrodisiac or something. Right, so yeah, Sam yeah. swallows them all, you know, skulls them all, and starts jumping on this M M&M and M mascot. Now the mascot had a fan inside it to keep it inflated. <laughs> the one thing we were told, right, the one thing, the head of marketing for America comes out. There it is. See what he does that. So Sam had been told one thing. You see him chewing the aphrodisiacs there, right? right? Was don't touch the M and M. Do not touch it. And apparently they're sitting at the uh, Hilton Hotel watching. Then look at this. We had the whole the whole line came on. It was that bloke was a bank manager, Lockie Pitt. <laughs> and then look at the M and M. Looks at rag bags and shagged as Sam. Oh, that's saying. hilarious. And I'm just, and you're in tears. The funniest thing I've ever seen. Have a look at it. He fucked it up. Look at that. That's, that's I'm, hilarious. I'm laughing, going, "Well, we may as well enjoy this because <laughs> there goes the M and M deal." <laughs> anyway, apparently they were sitting in the. Uh, uh, they're sitting at the Hyatt, uh, no, the Hilton Hotel, watching it, and they looked over at the bloke from America who was just standing there, stunned like the Easter Island statue, <laughs> mouth open, just going, "What have I what just seen?" <laughs> and uh, the next day, it, it all exploded, and it was fantastic. Yeah. And everyone laughed at what was going on. Did you guys ever expect the footy show to become as big as as it did? Well, or? I'll tell you, it's interesting. If you watch the very first intro where I walk out, um, and we, it was, it didn't work, but. Uh, um, Partly into it, about 10 seconds in, it cuts to the Don Lane theme. Oh, right. And I started hitting the ball like Don Lane used to. Yeah. And that was our homage to Don Lane, Graham Kennedy, Bert Newton, Ernie Sigley, you know, Denise Drysdale, Daryl Summers, yeah. all those Studio yep. 9 shows. Because beforehand, we, we were about to walk out and Sam says, Now, Ed... What are we actually doing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> not bad. That's a very good. What are we actually doing? What are we? Anyway, and I said, "Well, mate, we'll just let's make it up. We'll just do it." It's because we didn't ever do a rehearsal. Yeah. Did, only, you, did you know Sam much before that? There's a long story on that. I'll, I'll tell this one All and right. give you the the, the Reader's Digest version yeah. of it. But um, yeah. he, so we go in and we do that. But we, he and I both did know each other enough to know that we had the same sort of sensitivity to humour and both what we wanted to do. Mm. We were doing a variety show. Mm. We were doing a Tonight Show mm. that yep. was based around football. Right. And that's why when they said, uh, oh, we, you can't have any vision, Channel 7 thought that would kill it. And, it, and it knows, oh, at that right. stage there hadn't been a, a, a show that rated based on sport in prime time. Mm. You had them on Sunday mornings and things like that, but certainly not in prime time. So what that did was it opened it up for Sam and I and we sort of winked at each other and thought, oh, well, here we go. Let's see if we can entertain. And that, that gave Sam. So if we'd have sat there the first night talking about the perfect tackle and basically what all the footy shows are doing now, which does my head in, to be honest, including you know some of the ones that I'm involved in, which I'm trying to change up again. Mm. Um, you know, people – you know, my wife, for example, she says, can you turn it off? It sounds like a chainsaw going, just the commentary in the same voice. Whereas this was laughter. And, you know, we'd let not only women, but most people never got inside the locker room. Before, yeah. yeah, you know, unless you're the president of the club, you didn't get in. And as a journo, you'd sort of get your nose in a little bit. But suddenly, all the things that were happening in the locker room were on nine thirty of the night time. So you had the, the three players, and the way we set it up, we'd have one legend, one uh, one nutter. You know, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, yeah. Doug. Doug, <laughs> 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 Doug <laughs> character, more to the point. Yeah, character, yeah. you know, knock about, knock and, about yeah. and uh, and a young gun. 
yeah. who would generally be frozen in the headlights. Yeah. But, but the other thing was they were all handsome and they wore suits for the first time and they looked good and they had these this different thing and they could cross-examine. Sam would look across and take the mick out of Doug about what he was saying, but then take on, you know, um, Jason Dunstall, who was a highly intelligent guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you have a look at it, all the people hosting all the shows, all still, they all start in the footy show. Oh, absolutely. Even now, you know. Yeah. But um, they were just, it was just fantastic days. So, oh, yeah. We, yeah, we'd have the meeting on the Tuesday morning, you know, production meeting, and uh, we'd just laugh for an hour and a half and sort of whatever we thought was the funniest things. Well, we'd belt into somebody to have something stupid, and yeah. by the time we put that much rubbish on them, it was actually funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put that on. in as well. And you had the um, uh, Trevor Marmalade throwing in his, his genius little gems in at there. The bar. Yeah. So yeah, he at was, the bar. So he was, the, he was basically – so the way it was set up is you had the players who were the men in the arena, Sam who had done it all, Trevor was the bloke in the outer, and I was the the insider with the inside knowledge on on reporting, and mm-hmm. and I didn't. I'm, I look back on it now. I didn't offer an opinion on football until I'd become president of Collingwood. When then my opinion mattered. Yep. For me, it was keep the show going, break stories if you can, give the the background to it, and you know things. I'll tell you how good Sam was. There was one day um, we're doing the, the what ended up becoming one of the great highlights, and you can you can roll this in if you like it. It's. Um, Jason Dunstall and it was the, the night we really got him and anyway we, just be, we went to an ad break and we're coming up we've got about 40 seconds and I said to Sam I said you know that they stood in the shadow last week and he said what he hadn't had no idea what I was talking about I said up at Carrara or up in Queensland it was 30 degrees they stood in the shadow of the light tower and uh, because it was too hot and Sam's sort of going alright I can 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 back up welcome back to the footy show and uh, Sam just starts he, he picked up enough of it um, hot enough for you over there? Would you like a drink, uh, Jason? <laughs> and you could see Dunstall, who was the captain, bristling. Anyway, they get going, and Sam just absolutely rips him, you know, and it's hilarious. And crowds all laughing, and Jason's getting angry and redder. Anyway, comes over. We go to the next break. Sam comes out. He gets the props guy. Comes out with a umbrella, sun umbrella, <laughs> all this sort of stuff. And, uh, Dunstall pours the water on him and it's mayhem in the studio. Yeah. And that was just Sam who picked up and and went with it. And that's what well, it was. He, he, so he, while we had a production meeting, very little of what was on the on the rundown actually went to air. It was just what happened on the night. He was saying to us that he, if the, if he had to rehearse it, he was out. Mm. He says, "I'm not. I'm, I refuse well, to look." It. He didn't look at. He, he wouldn't look hardly even look at the run sheet. He just. You just yeah. go well, in that was my job. Yeah, you yeah. do what you want. I'll, I'll keep the show. Going. I'll keep the yeah. show on. Yeah. Track I'd, I'd, but I'd get the, uh, the I'd get the message coming through from Ian Johnson. Go an extra half hour because they'd worked the, the ratings. We needed to get that extra half hour so we could beat the f- sevens footy ratings on the Friday, uh-huh. and then Daryl Summers on Hey Hey would bring it home for nine to win the week. Right. Uh-huh. So it was worth big money. And Sam's going, no, you're killing our ratings or average, which he was right. Yeah. I said, mate, don't worry. While we're making them a fortune, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll be getting a drink here. But, yeah. but you know, we go back to the, the first ever time we uh, sat on set was they did a block, you know, to get the cameras in position. And I think this was the secret. They said, where do you want the auto cue? And I said, in the cupboard. <laughs> because, you know, over yeah. the years you see people, particularly on news, you're watching the script, you're not watching them. They've got a bank of monitors and no one's watching what was going on. Yeah. And what we wanted was things to come out of the, out of the audience and, you know, we used, to have the, we used to have the cage in the first years, you know, so yeah. we'd have the St Kilda animal enclosure in there yeah. and yeah, yeah, all yeah. these types of things. So we had a bit of a theme going and bits <laughs> and pieces. And we were forced to think because we didn't have the vision. So we couldn't show mark of the day, goal of the day, all this sort of stuff. We had to come up with it. Yeah, that's they, it, so they wouldn't give you the vision. No, that's what uh, Almost Footy Legends came from. I said, okay, well, you know, we sat around and said, well, let's get get it from the public. Let's get it from the public. Oh, yeah, and it was at the early days Mate, of, I loved that of, of video. And so what happened now, of course, 
people started to realise that they had better prizes on Funniest Home Video. So we had the, <laughs> <laughs> we had the, the prizes. So, so we're, giving, we're giving away, you know, you know, a cut lunch or something. Yeah. Yeah. So Given away a car. So, yeah, right. so we had to get them going and you know, money there. And, and then and that was the, the genesis behind Street Talk. Yeah, right. To go out. And to, we wanted to make the show. Foot, Seven's slogan was Footy's Home Ground. So we came up with Footy's Away Ground. Yeah, we're pirate football. To, we're, we're anything you do. So we banned. We didn't have any coaches on. Very rarely. Sheeds because he was funny and things. But only later on. It became the show about the players and the public. Mm. The show was about the supporter who yeah. love the players as opposed to, you know, telling you how you should live your life and, in fact, quite the opposite, you know, in the end. And uh, and that's why people loved it in the first, and of course, first but, sorry, 20 years. Sorry. And, of course, you know, the brilliance that was that was that happened in that moment, mm. because of the spontaneity in the show, naturally things are going to go wrong. It's live. Yeah. It's on, off the cuff. I mean, that's what that's what made it so exciting for, for at least for me watching it at home. Well, I was glued to the TV. Well, like, what the hell's going to happen next? We well, announced Ted Whitner died. Mm. Now, we, we've we got that information. I look across and I go, "Geez, I know how close Sam was to him." Ted gave me so many uh, heads up and, and lifts up in my career as a young bloke. I'm looking across. I'm going to have to go and tell Doug Hawkins that Ted Whitten's just died, yeah, man. and everything. And we do it, and the hush that came down on the the studio audience, and uh, of course, out of the back of that, we, a few guys announced that there was going to be a, a a state funeral, which was against all the rules, and Jeff Kennett wasn't going to do it, but yep. it was, had been announced. We got on all the breakfast radio shows, <laughs> and it was on, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the start of actually having state funerals for people who mattered in the community. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, all those things used to happen. It was it was live. But people forget also, we broke the story and won a, a United Nations Award on HIV in sport and really dove into it. You know, people forget, as they say about Nicky Wimmer, they forget that, you know, we promulgated and supported and actually, you know, helped set up Michael Long's walk. You know, to this day, I'm still the chairman of Michael Long's foundation. Yep. Um, so we did all that, a lot of these things. We... we, we Every table that was there used to sell for ten, twenty thousand, all to charity, yeah. and uh, so we we raised millions. Yeah, Croft, Croft rode his bike across. Yeah. But we did all these other things. That, I mean, I did the deal with uh, um, Glenn Archer and Wayne Carey to come on the show, and we built a house for a, a friend, a bloke who was around North Melbourne who was uh, uh, disabled and couldn't couldn't live in a house. He's going to get to tipped out in the street. We put, built this place and they got out in Faulkner or somewhere for it. Mm. So yeah, we did sure. all these things all the time. The grand final footy show yeah. became lifted grand final week. So we oh, did, yeah. there was a lot of good, a lot of, you know, the naysayers won't have a go at it couple of different incidents in, in there and yeah there was things that were done well, that, were, that, that didn't work but again that comes That's with right. the spontaneity that it comes does. with what happens when it's yeah. a live show I think show. you can oh, make mistakes laugh, but you can sit there watching you know Love Island these days yeah yeah, yeah yeah exactly right that or that hang on exactly right <laughs> yeah. exactly right everyone's sucking face half an hour for, yeah. on TV do, do you think <laughs> something yeah if you want right. to watch morons watch us as yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, is, do you think I was a class say, of moron. do you think there's a place for it in today well I don't think I don't think I can you know just just that lot because it's oh, too just, live, but, it's too... But they won't do it. You won't know? Do it. I mean, you guys do it. You yeah. guys do it now on stage and you guys do it here on podcasts and Sam's doing his podcast. And I guess the difference between us is like if, if someone's going to come at us and say whatever, like, you know, we, we don't really care. Like, <laughs> we'll be just like, well... Whatever you, you know, know, we've got a following, and if you're in the if, if you're in the public eye like you are, mm. I think it's a different kettle of fish. You know what I mean? Like, you know we're comedians as well. But, yeah, but you know, there's a, there's a question. I'm not sure if it's at university or at VCA this year on one of the subjects, and it's the castle um, was um, uh, racist and 
biased against working class people discuss. Mm. And, the the and castle. The, the castle. The, the movie. The movie The Castle. We right. had uh, Santa Chilaro in yeah, here yeah, talking well, exactly. about that. The, the, it's an absolute yeah, classic. So, yeah, uh, completely. Yeah, he was defaming his father. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and so people have got that. Have missed the point. <coughs> See, I come from. It's funny. Everyone talks about their uh, their heritage. My heritage is Scottish and Irish. Well, I think we all heard a few Irish jokes over the yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was saying, my dad's Scottish, my mum's Irish, which means I like a drink as so long as it's free. Yeah, that's what <laughs> you told us the first time you met us. All those jokes. Are, what's the difference between an Irish wedding and an Irish funeral? One less drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, all those funny things that used to happen. Now, obviously, you've got to be careful. Yeah, you do. People, you know, yeah. and we've all gone through it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, my parents came out here because of sectarian violence. Mm. That's why they had to. You know, and I actually only figured this out the other day. I'm a third generation refugee. Um, you know, my my father, and mother, my grandparents, and uh, the great grandparents yeah, right. all had to move countries because of either religious or uh, or, uh, War, or or ethnic uh, yeah. persecution. And you yeah. go, well, actually, okay. But what I found with my folks was that they threw and and most people and you know I've got a lot of kids in my life these days from South Sudan who are just unbelievable, but they throw, they jettison the bigotry out and they want to get on with the new world. But you've got to be careful because it, it can be brutal and particularly with young kids and things like that. We, so we have to find the balance, but we can't lose our sense of humor. No, I, I, I yeah, totally agree with that. You've got to yeah. find the balance. Yeah. And and there's 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 definitely... The balance has shifted, though, a little bit. Like, well, uh, yes and no, but I still think we've we probably had to, though. It's so. probably too much one way. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, the pendulum swings back yeah. and hopefully it'll come back a little bit now <clears> and... You know, we can get back into what it what it was, but when you look at it, you know, the the indigenous referendum referendum of nineteen sixty seven was the greatest yes vote in the history, and that was to finally get rid of white Australia policy, but recognise indigenous people. Now you go, mm -hmm. you look back, but at the time that was a big thing. You know, they were still putting NCA in the papers, which was no Catholic apply in Melbourne in the Herald Sun or the Sun, really? the Herald and the Age in those days. Um, so, you know, it's been pretty heavy duty all the way through. Then mm. suddenly the 70s came and Gough Whitlam came in and things opened up. But it can easily go back to that. So you've got to be careful. And, and now we see it with gay rights and, you know, uh, the gender fluidity and things like that. And, you know, it's a good thing. I, I love it at the moment. I, I shot Hot Seat yesterday. And we on one show we had two um, same-sex couples feeling really comfortable being there. Um, we had a, a, a non-gender, had a, had a they person the day before. And I'm wrapped that they think that uh, that people are now feeling they can come on national television, on our show, on Channel 9, you know, which traditionally was sort of seen as, you know, unless you were blonde, you didn't get on type of thing. Mm -hmm. And for me, I sit there looking and they go, gee, things have changed and changed for the better. And But we've got to be careful. But at the same time, you know, sometimes in over-policing these things, it can Absolutely. Have a That's where I think the issue is, is when it, when it gets over-policed, um, I've got no issue with anything, anyone's gender, they can choose to be yeah. whatever. But once it gets over-policed and you're forced to adhere to certain things, I think that yeah. it, it, can, it can get a bit scary. But and but either way, but either the way, same, though. But at the same time, yeah. we're seeing it, though. We're now <coughs> seeing the extreme right, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's up and then you've got extreme left. I mean, I heard the argument about uh, Andrew Thorburn at Essendon uh, when he didn't get the job out of the Bombers. Um, <laughs> I heard somebody from the Greens, uh, you know, a... Uh, uh, extreme green and then a extreme uh, religious person 
and they were yelling at each other in vigorous agreement. <laughs> They'd met round the back, you know, and they were actually saying the same thing. Same. But because they were agreeing, they, they couldn't agree that they actually agreed on what they were saying. It was hilarious. Well, thinking, when God, the world's gone mad. We, 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 we <laughs> tend to overcompensate. When, when yeah. you screw something up or you don't do something right, it's natural reaction to overcompensate. But, I mean, I think we have to just meet somewhere in the middle and take the piss out of each other and laugh with each other, and, not at know, each other, and just have fun with it, and you know? And accept an apology. You know, you're not forced to make an apology. If you make an apology because you are forced, then it's not an apology. Mm. But if Absolutely. people are sincere and go, oh, this is what happened. I didn't mean this to happen. Um, take them on face value. Look at their history. Look at what their work is going forward and make yep. a, you can make a decision on that. But this hero zero routine at the moment where it's just extreme everywhere, you know, you, you, you're either you, you kick three goals on a Saturday and you're the best centre-half forward in the history of the game. You go, hang on a second. Yep. Let's have a look over the, over the long run. Mm. Um, you know, we, we tend to go to that. I mean, it's all about extremes these days. That's what the media is. It's, it's heightened. To get the attention, you have to. You light a flare. You've got to light two flares tomorrow. Then the next week, you've got to let off a bomb, and you know, sure, and then on you, it goes. It's like those like like fighters when they win a when they win a fight. Yeah. There's a beautiful photo of them, you know, with their holding the belt. And if they lose the next fight, there's these these pictures of them getting hit with snot coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like they catch man, that. why are you crucifying this guy? Like, it's just like you're either up here or you're, shit, you're down well, here. Well, I, I, I don't necessarily know. mind that because that's actually reporting what happened. Yeah. You get your moment. It's when it goes the other way. Well, yeah, people, yeah. people are, things are put on people that aren't right yeah. and they're designed to do it to basically vandalise them or to, mm. to, to, to pull them down from situations. That's when you look at it. And sometimes, you know, if you know who the writers are, you know, that's when the ultimate hypocrisy hits you because sometimes you go, well, I know what that person's like and what they actually stand for. Yeah, absolutely. And that's when you go, oh. It seems you know. that... But it's, um, it's, it's um, since time immemorial. I yeah, mean, yeah. That's what they say to... To uh, to history's written by the by the victorious by the victors yeah, yeah. absolutely and it just, I mean I think nowadays it's more about reporting first not accurately sometimes not all the time but sometimes in the old days know. if you got a story wrong you'd hide under the bed for six months and be lucky if you didn't get the the chop now it doesn't matter you you retweet and all you know all this sort of stuff and but sometimes when you write a story or you report a story it's right at the time and circumstances change sure yeah but you've got to go with it but yeah there's a there's a fair bit of you know guesswork sometimes so talking about the world going mad Collingwood made the prelim this year yes that's that's (laughs) (laughs) wasn't it great wasn't it great and almost took it uh, almost took except for getting ripped off by the umpires (laughs) (laughs) you can say that now that wasn't in the back you can say that now gosh now now now, Ginnaman gets 50 against him but he does exactly the same thing let it all out Eddie let it all out throw rose petals in front of him don't talk to me about Buddy and 50 metre penalties that's just Stephen May you poor bloke anyway anyway uh, you know, um, we, we're mad Melbourne supporters. It was trying to lure my son. How do you like to become Melbourne supporters? Well, because yeah, I doesn't. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. You know what? I figured it out because years ago stupid. that we would have 100% been Carlton supporters. Yeah. Or Collingwood. Or Collingwood. But my dad. It would have been Carlton. Why Carlton? Because my dad was Carlton and oh, well. grew up around. Or Richmond, but yeah. probably Carlton. Yeah. Knowing what the well, way. Maybe. Because it could have been. had the Greeks pretty much between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could yeah. have been Carlton. 
It could have been Collingwood because my cousin and my godfather, because they were mad. Oh, anyway, true, what was wrong with him? True, true. What, 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 nah, what we, we played. My cousin Joe Rigger from Frank Rogolo played yeah. for Melbourne oh, when no, I was yeah, young. Yeah, you know the boys, Frank and, Frank and Joe. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. So when we, when you're ten years old, you look Mate, at the Melbourne like, oh, supporters. My cousin goes for plays for I Melbourne. I thought you were going to say you're a cleaner for them or something. Nah. Like that. <laughs> 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 it's the only way they get you blacks involved. Melbourne, jeez. Yeah, when we go and sit in the stands with them, it doesn't look right. No, I tell you, everyone says to me, "Who do you go?" For and they go Melbourne. They go what Melbourne? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> no. So anyway, but right. how did that you, start? You, you, how did your love for, for Collingwood start? Oh well, it's it's been said a thousand times this story, but uh, my family broke for Essendon because uh, when I Dad came out, that. the local ground was Essendon basically. So the only ones around us was with North Essendon and Carlton, and and then North was our zone. And if I lived over the back fence, as uh, Bruce Dool did, uh, basically you're, you're in the Carlton. Our, our back fence was the was the the border between North and, oh, right. and Cut. And uh, anyway, so that was all there. And a lot of people came to Broadie out of Collingwood when they started, you know, they built the new estates out and the factories were out there. So sort of inner yeah, city okay. people came out to Broadie for the, the, the new world and the, mm. the fresh air and all that type of thing. But it wasn't that. I fell in love with Peter McKenna. Ah. So in 1970 it was. Peter kicks 100 goals. Pies are in the grand final. Probably the Bombers weren't going that well. But I just, uh, you know, and they're always on the TV. And uh, I fell in love with them. And as it turned out, I mean, that's the side my dad should have barracked for. Mm. It's the closest in uh, in identity to, uh, to the Glasgow Celtic. And, uh, you know, later on he did have a soft spot for them. And I did tell him, I said, you know, Essendon on the Mason side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, he said, oh, geez, you know. But my brother's a mad Essendon supporter. And, uh, oh, is he? Yeah. And I, it's funny because he's seven years old on me and I loved him. I'd do anything. He said he was my hero. But he thought I was going to change. And then one day he came home and... Uh, he saw me in a Collingwood jumper. Dad had bought me a jumper with number six on the back, and that was it. And uh, and I oh, dug in. Who would have thought? I got big headed about things. Oh, well. <laughs> but there was one moment. There was a moment where I thought my brother nearly got me back. And it, this sounds apocryphal, but it's absolutely true. And I used to come home at lunchtime to go and do the shopping for my mum and do that, and then get back up to school to play footy at, at lunchtime and have the nice warm, you know, hot lunch mm-hmm. at primary school before I went to CBC. Anyway, I'm walking home, and back. In, remember the Jiffy Donuts mm-hmm. on the in the Jiffy Donut bag. In those days, in 1970, they used to have the How theme How do you know the Jiffy Donuts? We I, even I, I love donuts. We were born in I 1970. I fucking love donuts. He's a donut historian. Yeah, but they went on for a while. But back right. in those days, they used to have the, the club songs on it. So as I walk around the corner off Whitford Street into Gerbert Street, our street in Broadie, I see on the ground, literally on the footpath, a scrunched up Jiffy Donut bag. And I said to myself, I'll open this, and if it's got Collingwood's theme song on it, then it's a sign. I'm five. Like, I wasn't mad at that stage or anything. Much. Anyway, so I opened up and there it was, good old Collingwood forever. Jesus. And I, that's it. And You've got the, the most incredible memory on the face of the planet. It was like soul on the road. It was like soul on the road to Damascus and suddenly I could see. <laughs> there was a sign and that was it. And that was my... That was, that was it. And I became a Collingwood supporter and couldn't have thought of anything better. Now, were there any donuts in the bag? No, there's <laughs> donuts in the donuts. <laughs> Just the hole. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was funny, and uh, yeah, that was it for me. And then so I kept the donut bag for years. And how'd you, yeah. how'd you get in, involved with the club? I mean, obviously, when you're part of the journalism yeah. and then the sporting. Well, that's that's sort of what happened. Was you know you get in there and certainly become friends. In 1990, it was was fantastic. They're all my mates. I was that age. You know, yeah. Malane and I were great friends. And Craig Kelly. Yeah. How's that? Though? Michael Christian shared a house with me and all that sort of stuff. And. You know, so that, that was all great. And then later on what happened was uh, the Pies were starting to fall on hard times. They lost a sponsor. 
that sort of dotted them, and uh, I sort of helped, was helping them find a sponsor. In fact, this is a story that's never been told, but before I was president, I, uh, I went up to Sydney with Kevin Rose uh, to try and get Channel 9 to sponsor. Ah. And they said, we spoke to the VFL, or the AFL, and the AFL said, oh, no, you can't put any signage on because it's uh, you know against Channel 7, etc." So I came up with this idea that we'd be the only club with no sponsorship on our jumper, and then everyone would know that it was because of the footy oh, show on right. Channel 9. And we'd have the signage around, we'd just have Sam, you know, or Eddie or Trev or, you know, whatever. Uh, and and that at training, each jumper would have number nine on it front and back, you know, and that would be the – and yeah. everyone would get it. So it was a bit of a – you know, it was it was ambush marketing. At its, and, and in the end, it got to Kerry and Kerry Packer, and he said, no, nah, we do that, they'll do it to us, no, I can't be bothered, and, you know. Anyway, so time goes on, another six or 12 months – and uh, it was one of those ones I had no thought of being the president. How could I? I was a reporter. Mm. And then suddenly it was that. And I thought at that stage the AFL was starting to lean on clubs to merge and relocate. Mm. And uh, Wayne Jackson was from South Australia, so he didn't care about Collingwood. And uh, some of the things that even early in my presidency was, oh, well, you've got to move games. And I said, what, are you mad? And uh, so I dug in and I just thought at that stage that if I didn't move now, maybe in 10 years' time there might not be a Collingwood. As much as that sounds almost hysterical now, it was real at that stage. And who who thought, would they well, tip to merge with back then? No, Collingwood wasn't, but, okay, uh, but, but it was uh, happening. But everyone it was. Happening, was yeah, yeah. Everyone and, was. And, that was the Goodnick. Remember Goodnick saved us? Oh, yeah, but it was, well, it was Hawthorne <coughs> who said no to, to yeah, Melbourne. Awesome. The Melbourne were all in. And then, uh, but you also had North Melbourne were going to merge with uh, Fitzroy. They ended up merging with, uh, with Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. They were on. but going back in time, there was a deal done in 1986 between Melbourne and North Melbourne because Melbourne didn't have a training ground because they, they played at the MCG. And they were going to train at Arden Street, play at the MCG, be known as the Melbourne Kangaroos, the two iconic brands, mm. and a jumper that was a red V with blue and white stripes, and it fell over because they couldn't figure out who the president would be. And it would have been a, and it would, oh have been a, would have been a really good deal as it you know, in those days. Thankfully, they didn't. You know, yeah. and I still, you know, am a bit, uh, uh, you know, angry about the way Fitzroy, you know, because yeah, so, we were pulling all the clubs back. Now we're putting them on at ten of the dozen. Mm. You know, so there could have been a role for Fitzroy there in some way, shape, or form. Now, anyway, Brisbane have got them there. So, so it was, it was on, it, it was, was on, real, yeah. it was really, and not only that, but the strong clubs realised that if anyone started to do these deals. Because the deal for for North Melbourne to go to Gold Coast was unbelievable. The deal for Melbourne and Hawthorne was fantastic. It was a really good deal that they would become super clubs and that the big clubs would start to fall back. And, you know, I'll give you another exclusive. I did sit down with uh, uh, David Smorgan about not necessarily merging with the Bulldogs but taking them over when they looked like they were going to fall over. And I said to him, we're about to move to Olympic Park to what was then the Lexus Centre. And I said, here's an opportunity why don't we set up the Western Suburbs as our VFL side and we'll wear red, white and blue and we'll call them the Bulldogs and we'll have the big side. I said, we're not going to be the Collingwood Bulldogs, we're going to be the Collingwood Magpies. And you know, I was honest with him. And they thought about it and then he came back and he said, you know what, I just can't do this, I've got to fight one more time. And we said, right, we're all in behind you. And that's when we went and got helped dogs get the uh, sponsorships and we used the footy show to get them and Mission oh, right. Food came on and, and all that. And, you know, David eventually... Actually, uh, gave a, a, a community award called the Eddie Maguire Shield at the Western Bulldogs. I think it's now been thrown in the bin somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> for about five years, we had that because we went in and it was actually from the heart. We said, Look, you, you're going to get run out of town here because David said, We're gone. Yeah. And we said, Well, if you're going to be gone, why don't we at least save something and build this into and we'll get you on the board and we will, you know, put all the honour boards up because I don't want to have Ted Witten and Charlie Sutton's memory gone and we'll do this together. 
And it was the worst of the best. It was the best of the worst options. Yeah. The best of the best options was what happened. And was that, yeah. they saved, they thrived, and now they're an iconic team in the western suburbs off the back of David Morgan and Peter Gordon. And you see that and you go, thank God that that happened. But we got in behind them, went to the AFL vote. We led the charge. We said, no, we give them the money, support them. We've got the sponsorship. The footy show got in behind them and away we went. There you go. So well done to the dogs. Cut to 2018 when they win the flag. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, uh, it was against Sydney, so I think I might have been barracking yeah, for it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, you know, look at that day. Those, there were two sides that both of them should have been out of the game. Yeah. Aren't we far, far better for having Sydney? Thank God, yeah. And having the dogs out in the Western suburbs. There'd be nothing out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. North Melbourne yeah. in the city, nothing in no, the thank big God for the doggies. The doggies, the doggies are they're, great. They're great. And, and they're good for the Western like. Uh, and they, they pioneered women's footy and everything else has come from yeah. that. Well, what about. You know, so you've got to be careful what you. I always describe football. AFL football as, as being like a tapestry. You pull the wrong string and the whole thing ends up on the yeah, ground. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's all going all right, but, mm, yeah. you know, I've lived through about five different incarnations where it hasn't been going okay. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think there's some interesting times ahead. What about uh, the, the, the Tasmania? Yeah. What do you th- think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I well, would have thought it was, I would have thought it was, might be a good thing to have a, t- a team out there. Yeah. Yeah. Team? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Look, it's a bit like saying free beer. It's a good idea until suddenly it's not, you know. Um, I, I, I'm, so let me let me sit on the fence on this, but let me let me point up the shit, the, yeah. the, the situation, right? Yeah, having a team in Tassie would be great. Okay. Do you know any eighteen-year-olds who are dreaming of living in Hobart? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, there is some there is some problems. Salamanca's nice. Salamanca market. We can't, we, can't get, we can't get them to stay in the Gold Coast. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can't get them to stay in. So we what. Tassie needs to do, and I articulated this on Footy Classified, so I'm not uh, making this up or speaking through the, you know, at the back of my hand or the side of my mouth. They have to, one, as I said, build a stadium with a roof. Now, people go, oh, that's going to cost a fortune. Mate, you can see Antarctica from Tasmania mm-hmm. on, a, on a Friday night. If you just want to push up, everything's bad about Tasmanian football, then you have a kid kicking the ball and it goes over his head. Mm. You can't get the skill. Can you remember any really classic game that's ever happened in Tasmania? Get it then. What they have to do is they have to come together, north and south. They've got a civil war that's been going for yes. 200 years down there nearly. You know, get them right. You've got to get the junior football right. Yes, they've had wonderful players over the journey, but not so much these days. So we've got to get that going. You've got to build it up over seven, eight years. I always say seven years because that's how long you're at primary school. So what we need to do is we have to concentrate on the kids in grade five so that in seven years' time when they are the the draft selections, they are there because largely we need to get Tasmanian people to stay there. But don't forget, it's a draft system. Mm. So they're not going to just get the Tasmanian kids. They might in the first couple of years. Okay, so that's the downside. The upside is... Yes, why don't we go down there, build this a magnificent facility, but you have to go to different pots. You've got to go to medical. So build a hospital in this stadium. Get the tourism going. It's got to look like Mona, not look like Penguin versus New Norfolk, okay? <laughs> it's got to look good. It's got to look like you're running out to play West Coast versus Richmond at in Perth at uh, this magnificent at, uh, stadium. Optus. Not look like you're playing at, you know, at yeah, Coburg right. or something. Yeah. Right? It's yeah, got to look, it's it's got got to look great. So I think, I think there's a way to do it. But I'm I'm very concerned that in doing the, you know the the captain nice guy keeping Tim Lane and everybody happy routine. That's not having a slight of Tim, but he's a Tasmanian who hasn't lived there since 1978, right? Uh, so uh, that sounds like a slight, but that's the reality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, this, you know, the, the people who don't actually know how football clubs and the AFL run, yep. and there's very few who do. 
And I think sometimes at the moment that the Commission sometimes gets carried away with the do-gooding routine. So what's the answer? If we go down this track, okay, but uh, get ready because it's going to yeah. cost a fortune. So it could, be, it could be like opening and then closing uh, shortly you, after. You're get, it sounds you're like it's thought about Jackson and, and uh, Francis type of scenario where kids are going to go for two years and then piss off, go and play where they want to go. But they're doing it. They did a Collingwood this year. Yeah, <laughs> we couldn't keep Bolly Henry. Yeah, you know he's homesick for Geelong. Same. Who's yeah. been homesick? <laughs> same. <laughs> Geelong. Geelong. At least Jackson went to Perth. Well, you went to Geelong. Hey, no, but, but you reckon they're going to put a roof on the G or what? Well, I've said that. Well, I don't know. Did you watch the uh, cricket the other day when uh, yeah, England, England right. played Australia with about uh, 500 Ten. people? There yeah. Was no one <laughs> or, or you had a situation where they literally lost five to ten million dollars because they couldn't play the World Cup final there. Or do you think that in the future that we're going to actually have cricketers stand out in the middle of the MCG in the middle of summer from ten in the morning till six at night with the, the heat belting down? And do you think you're going to go there on a Wednesday night to watch Melbourne versus Carlton with the sleet coming in sideways in July? Uh, yeah, so, they need so, it. So, so, so yes, otherwise. They need it. In other words, yeah, we've got, we got some LA. cousins who could put up the roof as well. Yeah. Pretty cheap. So. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to conquer it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was going to be concrete, by the way. So. <laughs> but, uh, but you have a look at it. India are just, are just about finishing 110,000 roof stadium in India. Where do you reckon all the big cricket matches are going to be held mm, if yep. we don't go with it? Yeah, of okay. course. You gotta, you gotta. So I'm saying it doesn't have to be on all the time. You were about to say SoFi Stadium in LA. Yeah. yeah I went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you went to that But one. I also went to – Has that got a roof on it? Yep. Okay. Every stadium that's built around the world's got a roof on yeah. it these days. Yeah. But if you go to – the one I, I, I'm pointing up a little bit is Joe Robbie Stadium, which is now called Hard Rock Stadium in Florida, which I did go to a Super Bowl there as well. That was, a, that was a stadium built in 1987. So the Southern Stand was built in 1990, 1991. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're old. They're, anything be pre-Wi-Fi, let's be honest, is prehistoric. Yeah. Yeah. Now, these, these things have a lifespan of 30 or 40 years at best. We're at 30 or 40 years. Now, what you can do as at Joe Robbie Stadium, they built a frame over the stadium and you can slide the roof on and off and it's still got an outdoor feel. Oh, right. So you can have it because what have we got across the road? Nothing. You've got Nothing. a railway line. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, 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 put yeah. it across. It's not that hard. Does it cost money? Of course it does. Mm. But it'll cost us a lot more not to do it in the yeah, future. Yeah, it makes sense. You've got to put a roof on it. You reckon we're going to have an open-air stadium like the MCG in 2050? Where, where, where do yeah, we sign, does. by the way? Yeah. No, I mean. That's well, what I'm uh, saying. Listen, think. you could say anything. You could say, look, let's knock down this room and put the MCG here. I'm in, Ned. Whatever you say, I'm in. Have you ever thought of becoming Prime Minister? What are you laughing? It's a serious question, man. I did, I did write an essay in grade two. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I pork barreled the nun. I said I was going to give nun, nuns extra money. So. <laughs> I, I, tell you, I tell you one thing. We've known you for a little while, Edgar. Obviously, you were nice enough to do the narration for part of our show. We've known you for a, few, for a little while. Uh, you know, you're in the room with us now, and every time I see you, and I'm not sure if the boys feel the same, but every time I see you and I hear you talk, I know you're talking to me. But my brain says, is, is his voice coming from a fucking radio or something? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm so used to hearing you on a radio or seeing you on TV. So it's such a, it's I'm such glad a strange thing. you said radio, thing. not out in the backside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he talking out of his fucking ass? <laughs> As usual. <laughs> Shut up, my wife is saying. Steve, stop uh, talking. Yeah, because yeah. isn't the G, that's the reason why we are pretty much the sporting capital of this country. Yeah. That the whole precinct there, yeah. So that I think all all bets should be pointed to, to the MCG. Well, I think that, and but but do it with a you know with a little bit of elan and and imagination going forward. Mm. You know, it is prime real estate, okay, and it's sitting empty most of the time. It's yeah, got right. underground car parking. Great. Well, that'd be a good place to go. You know, for sports medicine. Um, or, yeah. or an underground and, gambling and casino. Well, you always <laughs> <laughs> There's an area there for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
Ed, mate, anyway. we, we'd, we could sit here for another hour and, and chat to you, mate, because it's, uh, we, we love talking nah, to you. Like that day, we went into your office and we sat down and went through that thing and you, you sat with us for an hour then. You didn't have to, so we really appreciate the time you did. And we went into the, the, your other office and your man in the arena speech and you said it to us and we, we felt like it was half time in a footy match. We ran out there going, <laughs> come on, let's fucking go. <laughs> but we need a bit of that. We do. You know, we I mean, everyone's Everything. like, oh, chill. And, nah, it's the enthusiasms of life. We, as, yeah. as the last two lines in that uh, <coughs> man in the arena speech says, you know, so that you'll never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. It's so beautiful. It really it? It helped it's us a lot. It gave us a, a, a burst of energy. It helped us before we got on stage. And, it was great. And we, 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 would, we would tell each other, remember the man in the arena, you know, it's yeah. people who have a go and have a crack. Have a go. You'll make mistakes. Take it yourself up. I mean, if you hang around sport long enough, you start living the signs, you know, not Absolutely. the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight and the dog. It's not how you get knocked down. It's how you get back up again. And you read those and you go, oh, yeah, they're all very good until you get knocked and down. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you very much. Absolute Absolute pleasure. Do I, I send an invoice say, anywhere? Or? Yeah, it's an invoice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, yeah, I just want to say very quickly, you've got a habit of going to places uh, and then taking them over. So you better get the hell out of here before you take over Sushi Mango. <laughs> All right, so. You're going to be the CEO of this office soon. You can put a shopping centre here. Thank you, mate. Uh, See you, boys. Appreciate uh, your time. Thank another you. episode of the Saucy Mangoes, uh, whatever. No, that Saucy up. Meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> Saucy Meatballs podcast. Five-star review with the legend Eddie Maguire. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, Daniel here, aka Shit Jamie, to read out some credits. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Sushi Mango Saucy Meatballs podcast. If you like the show, make sure you're following it by tapping follow on the podcast profile page and giving it a rating. This podcast is produced by Head On Media and is a Spotify exclusive. Our next episode will be out in a week. Don't forget you can listen and watch the full episodes exclusively on Spotify. <laughs>